Hold on to your butts. Tech is about to go in an all-out war. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Welcome to the People in Tech podcast, your resource for all things happening in tech. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. Day one listeners, you know what it is. Quarantine time. I hope, actually, I guarantee you, a lot of you not only staying indoors, you're probably spending a lot more time online and you probably have skyrocketed that internet bill depending on your service providers and how much YouTube TV and streaming you've been doing. But I want to do today's episode to really call out how tech is up in a war against the unexpected, which is this quarantine time we're in, COVID-19, coronavirus, whether you want to be educated or not educated, however you want to phrase it. I like COVID-19. I feel like I'm a doctor when I say something like that. But all joking aside, it's a very serious matter. And what I want to do in this episode was highlight not necessarily the health-related concerns, because we've been hearing about those nonstop. I want to talk about how this is affecting technology itself. Let's jump into it. Head over to Facebook now and hit the like button. Hold on, Caleb. What are you talking about? How is tech in an all-out war right now? It doesn't make sense. Explain yourself. All right. First of all, Siri, you need to get your shit together. You sound like garbage. This is why I need Sharon back in the studio. But thank you again. Tuning in, Day One listeners. I know you saw the title. You're thinking it's clickbait. A little bit. A little bit. It's true. A little bit was clickbait. But some of it's real. And I want to talk about the downstream effect of COVID-19. Now I'm going to try to do my best in doing my very first completely all-in-one take for a People in Tech show. Because usually when I do this, I break it up, I have chapters, I take breaths, I take breaks, but I want, I'm passionate about this topic because, let's be real, we're all quarantined. We've been inside for about four weeks, going on five. Some of you are probably ordering things online, some of you are probably bored already, some of you it's Friday night and you're thinking, what are we going to do Friday? The same thing you did Monday through Thursday. Stay at home. Now, a lot of the focus has been on healthcare. A lot of it has been focused on masks and protective gear and nurses. And first of all, before we even dive into tech, shout out to all the healthcare professionals. Shout out to all the people who work at grocery stores. Shout out to everybody who we used to crap on saying that's not an essential service. Why would we pay them $15 an hour? Not going to get political, but right now, those people, they are the real MVPs. And where I get a little upset is it takes something like this for us to realize, like, actors are just entertainers, not role models. But nurses, they are true superheroes. So, got that off my chest. Let's talk about COVID-19 and tech. One of the things that I've noticed, and I'm sure a lot of you have noticed, is people fled indoors to avoid contracting and spreading the virus but the question is where did you guys go when you were like well if i can't go outside i'm gonna stay inside what am i gonna do guarantee you all went online to communicate shop work take classes online i mean covid19 has affected so many industries even my company which i love working at i mean we still use some older technologies, and it, it was a big challenge because you guys know me. I'm a techie. 
I got my 49 inch monitor. I got my custom keyboard, my mouse. I got my, I got everything I need in my studio. Yeah, I could always improve it. I want a smart fan. I want smart blinds. But I mean, in terms of essentials, I got what I need. But I know a lot of my friends, they didn't. They didn't have monitors. They didn't even have a desk. Some of you are living in an apartment and you and your girlfriend, your wife, your spouse, whoever, you're both at home and you're like, well, we only had one office because I usually go in and the other person doesn't. And I was like, we're both here. So what do we have to do? One of the challenges me and my wife encounter, but luckily she works at an amazing place, but people who care about her, they gave her some gear to take home so she could work from home. Also, she's pregnant, so they were like, we should probably make sure you work from home. That way you don't really encounter any health issues, which I really appreciate. But we didn't have a desk for her, so we had to set everything up on the table, which works for now. But I know we're very fortunate to be in a situation we're in. However, I know some people are in tougher situations, and I get that. And that's why I wanted to do this episode. Now, right now. Pretty much right now, the internet has performed pretty well. Like, let's think about it. It's probably hit a huge spike of people online shopping, people who are ordering stuff. And the stuff is crazy what people are ordering. From work from home stuff like monitors, computers, keyboards, mouses, tablets, uh, face cameras, uh, microphones. Like, the list goes on and on, right? Like, people have been ordering stuff. Like, we don't, we understand that. People have been ordering fitness gear. People are like, hey, I can't go to the gym. I still need to get my gains in. I still need to get my workout in. So Rogue Fitness, Titan Fitness, all these online fitness retailers, completely out of stock. They are trying so hard to keep up. Amazon, I got people who work at Amazon, they had to write custom code to stop things from happening because a lot of it's automated some of it's using ai machine learning and they have to write code to be like do not do this if this happens simple condition logic statements but that's crazy that amazon is so big so prominent that they have to you know pretty much go back and be like okay we need to make sure we're prioritizing the right type of material to help combat this virus now knock on wood the internet hasn't experienced any network outages, hasn't experienced any blackouts. But here's my question to you guys. Is that sustainable? Is that going to last for a very long time? I mean, let's think about it. We're, we're about a month in. If you go six months from now, we like I did an article on LinkedIn. Go check it out. And if you don't follow me on LinkedIn, what are you doing? You know, that's where I put all my content out there. And I'm working on getting better on the other platforms. But... I did a post recently about what is 5G and why you should why should you care? And the one thing that kind of hit me was if this COVID-19 progresses, let's say six months, 12 months, and we're still quarantined, I mean, let's be real, guys, like the spread of the virus may limit upgrades to the networks simply because of equipment shortages, restrictions taken by mobile operators to limit the mobility of staff to prevent further spread of the virus. It makes sense. At some point, the people who set up the towers, who set up, you know, who come out and set up your Arlo door cams and things like that, they can't come to your house anymore. They can't go to your city. They can't go to your county simply because it's like, hey, 
everybody needs to stay home. I mean, right now in California, I got friends who are, like, they're huge fitness people. They can't even run outside without a mask. Like, who can run with a mask on? Outside of those masks where they're, like, trying to challenge your VO2 oxygen levels. But <laughs> let's be real. Like, that's kind of crazy. So, in the long term, the experience of shifting life online holds promise for consumers, enterprises alike, as people turn to online shopping, e-banking, remote education, telehealth, mobile entertainment, and enterprises like my employer and like my wife's employer and other employers were probably relying more on, you know, collaboration tools, Teams, Workplace, Slack, video conferencing, online training, and technologies are likely to get a boost as a result of 5G, artificial intelligence, machine learning, augmented reality, cloud, entertainment localization, robotics, but even as the 5G demand grows, the ability to provide it could slow down. So even though we can say like, oh dude, we got 5G out there, it's ready to go. Anybody who doesn't know anything about 5G, like it requires different types of towers. They're not the huge mega towers, but because they are on a different wavelength. And you know, let me just take a step back. The reason you should care about 5G is just the fifth generation of cellular connection. And all it really means is everything is faster, everything is better. Let's just keep it simple like that for you guys. But even though we have some 5G out, 5G out there, it might be a long time before we get 5G out to everywhere. And, and it's simply because a lot of those tools, a lot of the things we count on to set up 5G, guess where they come from? Chinese manufacturers. Guess where coronavirus came from? I'm not going to say it, but Trump says it all the time. So... 5G standards probably will be delayed because conferences such as the Third Generation Partnership Project can't meet. And for those of you who aren't aware, Third Generation Partnership Project is pretty much a team of people who are like, this is how we're going to make 5G work across the world. Now, the slowdown won't last forever, and the effect of this virus will likely accelerate current trends to make 5G supply chain more robust less reliant, a very small set of very infrastructure vendors, and potential supply chain shortages of 5G equipment, 5G equipment will reaffirm the strategy of the U.S. government to create more open market, which will go well beyond the U.S. market in the long term. Long story short, we'll learn our lessons from relying on other people. We'll probably take this as an account to say, if we ever hit another COVID-19 in the future, we should be able to have the infrastructure. We should be able to have all the tools we need. If we don't, we should go get them now so we can be prepared. Now, here's some other markets. I, I, I'm talking about 5G because that was kind of like the big talk of 2020. 5G or change the world. iPhone 11 and 12 or 5G phones. Google Pixel 4 is 5G, but that's probably getting delayed. And you heard all this great things about data and speed. It's all going to be delayed. Now, I want to talk about some other markets, some other tech markets in general that are going to get messed up because of COVID-19. So I hope you're ready for this. I got it broken down and organized, kept it short and concise because, again, I'm doing this all in one take and I'm already out of breath. No, I'm kidding. I'm doing fine. Biometrics. In general, biometric, artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithms, 
are working to override to help governments protect their networks and data as more workers connect remotely. Remotely. But biometrics such as fingerprint recognition that rely on physical contact pose a health risk. And that shift away from contact-only application is likely to continue in the long term. So the report that I did this research on, it pretty much the report I found, it pretty much told me, in my understanding, government must consider other options, such as facial and, wait for it, iris recognition. So let's just keep it real. Let's keep it 100. You've gone to the grocery store lately, whether you're getting groceries for yourself, your family, whatever. And they probably taped up the ATM. They probably taped up the checkout machine with something, right? Even when you go to Fry's or Whole Foods, you know, either they're wearing masks or protective gloves, or maybe they got a screen up to make sure you're not sneezing on them. A lot of people are paying with Apple Pay, Samsung, Google Pay, whatever digital payment where you don't have to actually swipe a card or stick it in into some POS system. Those things are okay for now. But COVID-19 has changed the game in ways we're not even thinking about. Like biometrics, iris technology has been available for a long time. You've seen it in movies. But now we're talking about using it to handle payments. Now we're talking about touch ID isn't enough. Touch ID is actually bad because I don't want you touching anything. And now we're talking about enter your pin. We don't want you to enter anything because that means you're touching something and then somebody comes in right after you and touches that same thing. So we're probably gonna see down the road, the biometrics field take a nice little shift towards how it's gonna implement some of these new upcoming technologies in terms of your phone, some of your tablets, some of your Apple watches, your smart watches. It's probably gonna change over the next 12 months. Number two, drones and robotics. Companies that manufacture drones that can disinfect hospitals and robots that can deliver supplies and food to patients are likely to see a demand surge. You guys ever hear about Amazon delivering to you via a drone? I heard about some of these companies saying, I ordered something from this company and not only did it come within two hours, it was dropped off by a drone. There's even a YouTube video about how Amazon was getting to the point where they can have a smart car, get to your house, and they have like this robotic like type person take, like let's say it was like a 30 pound package, get out of the car, lift up the package, walk to your front door, drop the package off, and get back in the car. That is some futuristic shit right there. And even though that might sound unrealistic, I mean, like, it's really not anymore. I mean, it's predicted that automated material handling market in healthcare will reach $4.2 billion in 2030. And to give you a little bit of context, that's up from $178 million in 2019. So $178 million compared to $4.2 billion. That's billion with a B. That's a huge jump. 2019 to 2030, like, that's exponential growth. And something like COVID-19 is probably making more companies, like, we need to get these drones delivering packages, delivering these protective masks, delivering these protective gloves, like, delivering everything. We don't even need people delivering, which also has a side effect. 
people who do that other job right now, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, they're trying to replace you with a robot. They just haven't had the time and attention to do so. But now with this added pressure, they might put more focus on it. What was another thing I wanted to tell you guys about? I think I wanted to talk about big data. Big data. The data-driven responses to the virus will encourage modernization of IT systems to improve the detection, tracking, and analysis in time of outbreaks. And it will depend on Internet of Things, IoT data. Initially, data will come from smartphone-based apps that pinpoint infections to limit community spread and expand to remote monitoring, smart inventory systems, and ultimately track people and medical supplies. So I hate to break your heart, guys, but RIT in America is trash. It's garbage. One reason a lot of you are not getting your checks, um, I heard a report in Connecticut. Their system is built off COBOL. They are actually look urgently looking for people who understand how to program in COBOL, who can come in, understand the system, and improve it slash scale it so people can get their unemployment checks. I can tell you this. I don't know COBOL. I only know two people who know it. Those two people I know are senile and they're probably closer to their 70s. Not saying um, uh, discriminating anybody's age, but I'm just saying like that's, that's very hard to find somebody who's like a proficient COBOL developer who can come in and help solve problems right now at this point in time. A lot of those people I know who could solve those problems are at highest risk of getting COVID-19. So, kind of crazy, it's a very interesting time, but I think after COVID-19, you're gonna see a lot more health apps, you're gonna see a lot more data tracking, you might see more in your devices, IoT devices, like I said before, but I would not be surprised if you see this like uprise of some companies where all they focus on is, you know, okay, if Corona outbroke in Phoenix, Arizona, how many cases were reported? Okay, and where were they reported? You know, mark yourself as safe. Th those type of technologies, those are gonna expand. Now, I touched on it a little bit, but I wonder who's gonna do this, but I would say COVID-19 might also highlight an inefficiency, like I said before, in our technologies in the government sector. And what I mean by that is people are expecting a stimulus paycheck. People are expecting unemployment. The systems built to help get you those informations or get you that type of information is very, very old, archaic, and they're not made to scale. And that is a problem. And it's unfortunate because the, some of the best tech talent, they're going to go to the private sector. They're going to work at Amazon. They're going to work at companies that pay them great salaries, give them great benefits. And unfortunately, the government can't really compete with those companies. Also, because of funding, because of limitations, it's very, very challenging. And I don't know if it's going to be a president that's going to have to push this. I don't know if it's going to be a certain situation that needs to occur. Maybe this is it. But a lot of our systems are outdated. A lot of our systems cannot support the American people. The fact that, and I mean, like, it's kind of crazy to me how the government doesn't have a solution to this. But we're all waiting for this stimulus check if you made under $100,000. 2018, 2019, I think 2017 too. 
And don't quote me on that. I'm not a financial advisor. But a lot of people are waiting for a stimulus check to arrive from the government. Do you know the government really doesn't have, like, a way to send everybody money? Like, you would think they would have a button that says, send money to people. I mean, a lot of people have Venmo. A lot of people have Google Pay, Apple Pay. But because of the private sector, because of their investment, because of the trust, because we because the government doesn't trust anybody and we don't trust the government, those types of conversations occur. You know, they're telling you, like, well, if you did direct deposit, you're going to get direct deposit. And if you didn't do direct deposit, you're probably not going to get your check until September. And that's on the good side. And it blows my mind how we don't have a universal system that can just work for the people. I mean, 2020, we got all the tech. We got all the people in the world who know how to build the tech. We just don't have it. So I think one of the results of 20 of COVID-19 in 2020, you're going to see a spike of these universal type solutions, like one being voting. Because people go out and vote in booths, and that's actually a huge gathering of people, probably not a very good idea moving forward with the scare of the virus, with the scare of being in large crowds. Somebody, I don't know who, I don't know if Votum, which has been on a podcast before, go check out season one, there might have to be a universal system leveraging some advanced technology where you can avoid cheating, where people can vote f- for the next election. I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy how we can't even have people go out and vote because we need to protect them. And the last thing I want to talk about, which, let's see here, let me look at my notes. Data protection. That's what I want to talk about. Governments, biometric vendors. They're responsible for creating citizen-centric solutions and putting the proper security measures in place to prevent the concentration of personal, identifiable information, aka PII. Citizens' biometric, healthcare, personal data in the hands of a few entities with no visibility, no illustrative barriers, no surveillance, limitations, no biometric Revocation options for foreseeable futures. The good news is that technology will be a critical tool in the war against the unexpected. And that's what I want to talk about. That was the highlight of this episode. Is like technology will and is a tool for these types of times. And if you have an idea, if you think you can, man, like, again, I really wish there was a voting system. I really wish there was a way the government can pay everybody at once. I'm not saying these are easy problems to solve, but leveraging robotics to deliver goods, transportation of people, tapping into the sharing economy to liberate additional capacity for housing, mobility, freight. I mean, people want, like, you can make an app about toilet paper right now. You can say toilet paper is available in certain stores. Go find it. You can task rabbit probably get a whole bunch of people waiting out on Target to get some of my toilet paper. The possibilities are endless, but COVID-19 has shown that technology will have to step up. Technology will be the solution to solve a lot of these issues because the reality is even after COVID-19 passes, I think our society has fundamentally changed. I think more people realize they can work from home. I think more people realize that 
they can find entertainment in other ways. I think a lot of people realize you can do a lot of fitness at home. You can do a lot of things in your new environment. And I don't think everybody's going to be so eager to go back to how it was. So, I'm out of breath. Did this whole episode off the dome. Like I said, I have a few notes prepared for you guys, but just wanted to get to this one out there. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. You know where to find me. Hit me up. All social media platforms available. But for now, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for joining us on the People in Tech podcast. For resources mentioned in this episode, visit us at peopleintech.io and join our mailing list for more content. Later.